0: If you would take your Bible and turn to Matthew chapter 7, and we're going to look at verses 21 through 23. Or if you have your church app, you can open that up and uh, choose the uh, Bible there, and it'll open up the Scriptures for you. Matthew chapter 7, verses 21 through 23. And today I'm uh, winding down this series I've been preaching on, Identity Theft. And uh, just like we see so much in, uh, on TV and commercials and so forth about credit cards and protecting your identity. And so we've been looking at that about our identity in Christ and how that Satan wants to steal our identity or make us think that we're somebody that we're not. But today we're going to look at identity protection. How do we ultimately know that when we stand before the Lord, our identity is secure and certain, that our identity has been protected, and that we know that when we stand before the Lord, that He will know who we are, and we will know who He is beyond any shadow of a doubt. Today, as we look at the scriptures in Matthew chapter 7, we're looking at some of the most I guess, uh, sincere and sobering scriptures in the Bible because the Bible tells us that we'll all stand before the Lord and give an account of our lives. And these scriptures in Matthew chapter 7 are the scriptures that identify those who will stand before the Lord and they will say, Lord, Lord, but he will say, I never knew you. This is an example of scriptures of those who have done works for the Lord And they will identify those works, but yet the Lord will say that he never knew them. Their identity is not secure in him because they have known his name, but they have not known him in a relationship. How do we know that our identity is protected, that we are safe and secure in our identity with the Lord? How do we know that our identity is protected and that the Lord will know us? I think the few words that are mentioned in these verses really make the light come out bright about our identity. I want us to look at this together. I'm reading this out in the New King James this morning, Matthew chapter 7, beginning in verse 21. And in your Bible or in the Scriptures, it will be written in red, and it says this. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. I want to pause there with that comma there. The Lord is telling us that when... We stand before the Lord, there will be some who will say, Lord, Lord, and yet He will not know them. They shall not enter the kingdom of heaven. So it's bringing a sudden reality that everybody that says His name or knows His name and stands before the Lord, not everybody just because you you can say, oh, I know you, you're the Lord, and and I went to church, and I was a church member. Not everybody is going to get into the kingdom of heaven. Now, that suddenly makes your mind thinking, okay, is the Lord just picking and choosing, or is there something deeper than that? Well, I can tell you that the Bible's pretty clear that the Lord doesn't just pick and choose. That it's something deeper than that. So not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, comma mark, and then, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. So we're getting a little bit of some depth from the Lord about who it is. It's not a pick and choose, but it goes back to us. It's for what we have done, what choices we've made, where we are in our relationship with the Lord. Now, verse 22, it says, many, notice that word many. So it's not just a few people. But many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? So here the Lord is saying that those who will say, Lord, Lord, and he'll say, wait a minute, I'm sorry, I don't know you in this Lord relationship. And they say, wait a minute. Lord, we've cast out demons, we've done mighty works, we've prophesied in your name, we've done some wonders, we've done a lot of great things in your name. Look at what, basically, Lord, look at my list here of all the things I have done in your name and for you. Verse 23 says, then I will declare to them, I never knew you. And when it says, I never knew you, the Lord is saying, there was never, ever a point in your life that there was a relationship established between me and you. He did not say, and everybody listening say "Amen." amen. He did not say, once I knew you, but now I've forgotten you. He did not say, once we had a relationship, but it broke up. He said, I never, would you say never with me? I never knew you. So let's get perfectly clear that the Lord is saying, that these who are standing before him saying, Lord, Lord, and he said, wait a minute, time out. I don't know you. He's not saying I've known you and I've forgotten you or we once had a relationship and it got broke up and we're just not in that intimate relationship. He's saying there never was a beginning of a relationship that I knew you. Everybody understands that. No confusion. We're all on the same page. The word never means never, ever. Didn't happen. There's no beginning. He says, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Now, this is where you really want to make sure your identity is protected, it's secure, and that when you stand before the Lord, there's no doubt. So how do we know that? If some people who have this list, and and I can imagine that some people right now in this service may be thinking, wait a minute, if they had this list of prophesying in His name, casting out demons in His name, doing all these things in His name, and they say, Lord, Lord, like they know who He is, if they're not going to get into heaven, is my chances shot down too? How will I know my identity is protected? How will I know that I will get into heaven? Here's the first thing that's got to be true about your life. You must know the Lord intimately. Did you catch that? Now, wait a minute, preacher. You just said that he said, I never knew you. And they're acting like they knew him. And you're saying, we got to know him. So what's the difference? Is that word intimate? You must know the Lord intimately. Intimately. The word that was used when the Lord said, I never knew you, there are several times in the Bible, and I don't have time to cover all those, but there are multiple times in the Bible where the Lord talked about his sheep follow him and that he, his sheep hear his voice and they know him and he knows them. There's various scriptures in the Bible that talk about this knowing relationship with the Lord. And he used the word gnosko. The reason that word in the Greek language is very important is the word gnosko is translated no, but it means more than just, I've heard of your name, or I know what your name is when I see your face. The word gnosko is a word that means intimate knowledge to the point that it can even be translated about a sexual relationship. Do you get what I'm saying here? When the Lord talks about, I never knew you, he said, when I never ganasco you, the Lord is saying there never was a point we became intimate with one another, that we had an intimate relationship. You, you heard my name. You found out who I was. You knew what my name was. You might even know a lot of the other names that are used in the Bible, but there never was a point in our life that we developed an intimate relationship. Ganasco. There's a difference in being than knowing God and being known of God. You understand that? See, the Bible says they, they said, Lord, Lord, so they, they knew of him when they stood before him. They knew that the Bible talked about that. They knew that day was coming. Lord, Lord, they, I know of you, Lord. But they weren't known of God. To give you an example of the difference is, if you were to ask me, do you know Donald Trump? And I would say, yes, I know Donald Trump. Trump. I know he's the president of the United States. I even know Donald Trump's family. I can name off to you he has five kids. There is Donald Jr., there is Eric, and there's the youngest Baron. That's his three sons. He also, also has two daughters. And those two daughters are named Ivanka and Tiffany. I know Donald Trump. I know he's the 45th president of the United States. I know his family. I even know his wife's name, Melania. I know Donald Trump. Now, you call Donald Trump and say, Donald Trump, do you know Brett Yeager? And he'll say, who? Brett Brett Yeager, he, he knows all about you. He knows you're the 45th president of the United States. He knows your wife's name. He knows you got three boys. He knows the birth order of your boys. He knows your daughters. He knows the birth order of your daughters. He knows all about you. I've never known Brett Yeager. Unless I popped up on some security thing, which I hope I haven't. (laughs) He doesn't know Brett Yeager. So I could stand before Donald and say, hey, Donald. But Donald doesn't know me. And if you said, did you ever know Brett Yeager? I never knew him. There was never a point that we established a relationship with each other. What the Lord is saying here is there are a lot of people who will know my name and know many names that describe me, but there was never a point that they actually develop an intimate relationship with me. If you ask me the question, Do you know Joyce Yeager? Yes, I know Joyce. And you call Joyce and she'll say, You know me. She knows me. And she could even tell you things about me that I don't want her to tell you about me. There's an intimate in the relationship. You understand the difference? So there's that intimacy. And when the Lord is saying here that there will be many who will stand before me and say, Lord, Lord. (laughs) And he says, I never knew you. It's the reality that there never began a relationship. They may have understand some things about church and join the church and so forth. But there never was a point that they established a personal, intimate relationship. And I said the word Gnosko is intimacy. Probably... Probably at least three-fourths of the people in his church know that Joyce Skidmore Yeager is my wife. You know her. You know her name. You know that she's my wife. But you may not know a whole lot about her. So you don't have an intimate relationship with her. There's some of you that went to school with her and you know a lot of things about her. So you have a deeper relationship. What the Lord is revealing here is it's not just about knowing who I am or knowing names about me or knowing the steps to go by to be a part of a church, but it's about being a part of an intimate relationship that is a daily thing. You see, my wife and I, we have daily relationship. We talk to each other daily. We talk on the phone. We Snapchat each other. that's when it's really getting intimate. I'm a little bit concerned about her and Elisa Parker and their relationship here, but... Ganasco, the Lord is trying, I'm trying to get you to understand this morning, that it's not just about knowing him or just saying, okay, I I did this, steps one, two, and three. But it's when you know that you've got a daily relationship, that you're walking in intimacy with him. To understand the difference, the Lord made this statement in James chapter 2 and verse 19. You believe there is one God, you do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. We studied about the demons today and there was a big battle that went on in heaven and Michael the archangel and his angel buddies whooped upon the devil and threw him and his angels out. Now the devil and the demons believe there's a God but there's not an intimacy with them. you understand the difference? Matter of fact, the Bible tells us this also in John chapter 17 and verse 20. The Lord said, I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who believe in me through their word, that they all may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you, and that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. Now, you can read that, especially in different translation, and it almost gets tongue-twisting, but this was when the Lord is praying before he's about to be betrayed and crucified, and he's saying, To God the Father, you and I are one. We are as one. There is not a three different people. There's one personality woven as one. We are one. And the Lord said that my prayer is that they may be one with us just like I am one with you. Can it be any clearer that the Lord is trying to say it's not just about knowing who I am. The devils know who I am. The demons know. They tremble. They fight against me. But it's when we become one, that's when the relationship starts. That's when you know the Lord. So do you want to have your identity protected so that when you stand before the Lord and give an account of your life, that when you say, Lord, Lord, he says either well done or come in, that he knows you, then you must know the Lord intimately. And I can tell you this. You don't have an intimate relationship with the Lord if it's not a daily part of your life. If it's not a daily part of your life, there's something that's missing. Remember the Lord said, I never knew you? There's got to be a point. A relationship started. And let me tell you this. When you become intimate with the Lord, you can't get away from it. It's part of your life. I was part of a uh, i got to hurry up, but I was part of a special study that was done about uh, uh, sexual abstinence in, in the school systems and, and, and taught that for a while. And one of the things that they gave us to do as an illustration was to take a Band-Aid and put it on your arm and, and stick it to your arm. Now, i got hairy arms, and so when I stick a Band-Aid to my arm, I, I regret pulling them off because they create pain. And You rip that Band-Aid off, and you look at that Band-Aid, and it's got hair all over it. And they had us to use that as an illustration of about, okay, now let me take this Band-Aid and stick it on you. And someone would go, oh, no, 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 no. You know why? Because when I would stick that Band-Aid on them, I was going to be a part of them. My hairy arm was going to be on their arm. And then when I ripped it off of them, part of them was going to be on it. There's that intimacy when you become part with the Lord. Same way it is in a sexual relationship. When you have a sexual relationship with somebody, you become a part of them and they become a part of you. You must know the Lord intimately to have identity protection. The second thing that these scriptures reveal to us is that you must serve the Lord with integrity. You see, that says here that not only if they, the Lord says, I never knew you, but The Bible tells us that they pulled out their list of, Lord, I prophesied in your name. I cast out demons. I've done these things. And the Lord says, I never knew you. What was the problem? I mean, they've been serving the Lord, so you'd think that they knew him, wouldn't you? You would think that they would. Listen to this. In John chapter 10, verse 25, Jesus answered them and said, I told you and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. So obviously our serving the Lord and the works that we do for the Lord, they are to bear witness of who we are, right? That even the Lord said that that was true about him. Amen. So how can a person pull out this list of things they did for the Lord and not belong to him? Let me show you this scripture in Titus 1.16. It says... Listen, this is a powerful verse. You, you with me? Amen. Titus 1.16. You may want to write it down. Here's what it says. They profess to know God. That's pretty clear, isn't it? They profess to know God, but in works they deny Him. Being abominable, disobedient, and disqualified for every good work. You know what the Lord is saying? There are those who say that they know me. They profess to know me is what that verse says. But in their works, they deny me. Was it the fact that they weren't doing anything? He addresses being abominable, disobedient, and disqualified for every good. What the Lord is talking about is they've professed that they know me. And and they may be doing things for me. But there's so much sin in their life. that Disgusts me. What the Lord is saying there is that there's got to be some integrity in serving the Lord. It's not just because that, hey, I went down to the church and cleaned it up for homecoming or I taught a class, but there's got to be some integrity in your life. In our staff meetings, many times when we're talking about workers for our youth and children, there are people that are go-getters, but we're looking for people who have integrity in their life. And so one of the things, especially in the youth workers, that, that rent will emphasize with those is you got to be faithful. You can't just come in here and help us with the youth and then not show up at church. There's got to be some faithfulness. They need to see that there's something in you. Even the Lord Jesus said that his works declared who he was, identify who he is. And so there's got to be that integrity. And here in Titus 1.16, the Bible is saying there are those who say, I know God. But their works deny me because there is sin in their life. Their works are covered by sin, and it disgusts me. That's the reason that those who, when we stand before the Lord, we've got to have that identity protection that we have served the Lord with integrity. It's not that we're perfect. We all sin. We know that. And the Bible says if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us. But here the Lord is identifying those who are living in sin and just covering up everything. The Bible also says this. It's not only when there's the sin in our life, but also when the things that we do for the Lord are kind of self-centered. Here's what 1 Corinthians 3.13 says, each one's work will become clear for the day, capital D, will declare it. So it's saying here in the Bible, in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, that there's a day that we'll stand before the Lord. And that day, the day that we stand before the Lord, the day. Our work's going to be clear because here's what's going to happen. Because it will be revealed by fire and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. So the Bible's revealing there's going to be those that stand before the Lord and they're going to have a lot of works. But the Lord said, all right, we're going to throw it in the spiritual fire and we're going to see how it turns out. And the Lord is not interested in anything about how many people attended the event or how many people were at the church that you cleaned up. Or The Lord's not interested in that. He said what sort it is. What does he mean by what sort? He says it's going to be revealed by fire of what sort it is. If anyone's works which he has built on it endures, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss. If we were to read all of that in that 1 Corinthians chapter 3, basically, here's the summary of it. The Lord is saying, I'm going to take, I don't care if you got a sack full of works you've done for me. And let, let us understand, we should be working for the Lord. It's very clear. But you can bring in a sack full of works and stand before the Lord. And when he throws it in the fire, if you did it so that you would look good, so that you can impress people, so you can have the biggest church, so that you can get in the greatest offering, if that's your motive, boom, consumed. There was no integrity. When I think of integrity of serving the Lord, I think of a sweet saint named Evie Hall that used to teach class here. She taught a high school class and her goal was that every teenager that sat in her class and her teaching would come to know Christ as their personal Savior. She wasn't really concerned about how many total. That wasn't her main goal. Her main goal was that if she taught a teenager in her class, that they would come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. Now that's integrity in your works. Integrity. Go stand before the Lord. The Lord says, all right, there'll be those who will know my name, Lord, Lord, and they'll have a list of works that they did, but there's one thing that's wrong." They didn't know him in intimacy, and they didn't serve him with integrity. That they had the right heart and the right motives. I want to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes this morning. Do you have identity protection this morning? That you know, that you know, that you know, that when you stand before the Lord, there was a point, and it's still going, that you developed an intimate relationship with the Lord and it's a daily part of your life. Do you know that when you stand before the Lord that, yes, there is a list of things that you've done. But the most important thing is, what was your heart behind them? What was your motives? Did you do it because somebody pushed you into do it? Or did you do it because you just wanted to serve the Lord? The Bible tells us in Colossians 3.22 about serving. It says, even on the earth, obey your master's. According to the flesh, not with eye service as men pleasers, but in sincerity of heart, fearing God. Everything that we do, we're to do it as we fear God, we reverence Him, and we want to give our very best. As your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed. Lord Lord was mentioned twice. I never knew you as the most gut-wrenching Thing that is said in these scriptures. Do you know that there's a point in your life that you began a relationship with the Lord and you started walking with Him daily in a relationship? It's not just about knowing His name, not about doing steps one, two, and three, but it's when you gave Him your heart. And you know that you, when you stand before the Lord, Lord, it's not just when I pray this prayer on such and such date, but Lord, every day, I'm talking to you. I'm listening to you. Lord, I, I love you, and I know we've been in intimacy because you have talked to me and I have talked to you. We've had a relationship. If that's not part of your life, something is missing. And is there a zeal in your heart to serve the Lord? Not to make an impression on somebody else and not to do it because somebody pressured you into it, but you just have a heart to see people come to know the Lord and that the Lord's place would be represented as a place of honoring Him. You're doing it with the right heart and the right motives. This morning, if you're not 100% sure that you've started a relationship with the Lord, I want to invite you to pray this prayer silently in your heart right now. Dear Lord, today, I want to know you. I want to start an intimate relationship with you for some men that may seem a little strange but what the Lord is saying I just want to be buddies close buddies your best buddy your best friend I want to be your pal that you lean on I want to be the one that you miss if you haven't talked to him lately that's who I want to be with you if you've never had that point would you just want to just say Lord I want to know you and I want to know that today on September the 3rd 2017 I started a relationship with you and there ain't going to be no you never knew me today I'm going to start walking with you daily, talking to you, listening to you Lord I accept you as my Savior I believe and I receive Today's the day. And well, while nobody's looking around, if you prayed and nailed down your salvation, start a relationship with the Lord, you remit, really meant it when you said that prayer, I want to praise the Lord for you. Would you just slip up your hand and say, Pastor, I prayed that prayer? Started that intimate relationship today. There ain't going to be no doubt in my mind. Today's the day. Did you do that? If you did, would you just raise your hand right quickly? Maybe you already know that you're a Christian. Maybe even talking about serving the Lord has stirred some things about what your attitude has been, what your approach has been serving the Lord. And you want me to just pray that you'd really put your heart and your soul with the right motives and have a passion to serve the Lord. Pastor, would you pray for me? Would you just slip up your hand? Yes, thank you. Lord, I thank you, God, for those who are open and honest today. Lord, I believe that there probably were some that were scared today. It's not my desire to scare anybody, but. It is a scary thing to think that there even is a slim possibility of standing before you, Lord, and you saying, I never knew you. That can't happen. It ain't happened in my life. I know when I started. I know that I'm walking with you. I may not be perfect and I may be failing, but Lord, there's a passion in me to serve you and there's a passion to spend time with you. Lord, when things try to distract me, I get get irritated. I get sickened when I think about missing some time with you. Lord, my prayer is that every person in here would have that type of intimacy with you that that they want to be with you daily in that close, intimate relationship because you're their best friend. You're the closest that they've got to their personal relationship. And Lord, I pray you'd stir in us to serve you with all our heart. God, may we leave here today with a renewed personal relationship and a renewed passion to serve you. Knowing that when we stand before you, we know you knew us, that you're gonna know us and that our works, they may not be perfect, they may not have accomplished a lot, but God, we sure did do them with the right heart to serve you and to do it with the right motives. And Lord, I'm gonna give you the praise and honor and glory. To God be the glory, amen.